0: back to my weekly podcast taste of taylor i'm your host taylor schrecker and today i have a blast from my past joining me his name is mike cannon he is a comedian and i don't know if he's ever done this podcast but we've definitely done radio audio together mike cannon welcome to the show
1: thank you so much for having me also we were kind of pioneers with the youtube movement
0: You know what? No, 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 no. You get credit for that, VCV, (laughs) you and your co-host and Cosmo. But I mean, you're right. That we were on YouTube before it was like even a thing. God damn it! I know. Being a pioneer is literally the worst. Actually.
1: It's kind of my curse a little bit in the sense that I do these things and I always get there first and yep. I'm never celebrated.
0: <laughs> Literally, <laughs> you are speaking my language. Like I feel <laughs> as if like my time it's serious, although like I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. Hashtag blast. Yeah. I feel like in terms of audio, I was a little bit I had missed the boat on radio. Right. But I was ahead of the curve on podcasting. Like, I remember when we launched Cosmo Radio, and I bet you, I mean, so just for reference sake, uh, Mike Cannon and I, we met, Jesus, Mike, circa 2007?
1: So, no, it was It was later than that. It was, I, I graduated college in 07. Oh, me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This was like, but it was, it was 2012, so that's when all of the, which, which actually is more recent than I had a thought. Me but too. I, I, I went through some of those old, uh, old Cosmo videos and they're like eight years old. I think the oldest are eight years old. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we met then and you were our favorite guest to have on our show. You which lie. Was, you was, lie. No, of no. course you were. Well, because was, you came in. There was in.
0: one guy who was your favorite. He oh, was Glamo. Glamo. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. Glamo was your favorite. I was like, close second, I'll take it.
1: I miss Glamo. God damn it. I just, I think I, I forgot that I knew him just to protect my own heart. (laughs) (laughs) The heartache is too great that I've lost him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, but go back. So I was your favorite. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, yes,
1: you, you by far our favorite guest. We absolutely loved you. You came in, vibed with the two of us, Lindsay Rodriguez and myself. We hosted yes. a show for Cosmo Magazine's digital arm called Sexy vs. Skanky. And oh. while re-watching it now, I mean, there is just so much problematic stuff <laughs> in every episode and even what? in the title.
0: Right? Right? Yeah. Sexy versus Skanky. I didn't even think about that. That was like oh. a big... Cosmo, like yeah, you're right. I mean, it was like big part of the magazine. <laughs> yeah, and they even built a YouTube show out of it, a series. They built,
1: and and they had like they had kind of the idea of how to do it, but the execution or something was something was completely off. Probably the title of the show, but we 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 were kind of supposed to be like a well rounded almost woke version of what they typically put out because Cosmo back then especially was like Oof. pretty judgmental oh, yeah. about Which is about why they, women. they
0: cast me as the host of their morning show. I was right. the biggest judgy bitch ever. <laughs> My favorite part though is being a part of the world of Cosmo. I don't know how I got through the preliminary mm-hmm. parts because your girl hated sex so much <laughs> with men, which now, in retrospect, <laughs> makes so much sense. I but remember. at the time, it really Like, I feel like we have known each other lifetimes ago. Yeah. Like, you know, we knew each other when I was a rich, straight person. Uh, Yeah. You you weren't single, but you definitely weren't married. And you definitely weren't a dad. So I,
1: definitely, I had no responsibilities. I had no level of maturity whatsoever. I was dating the girl I met in 10th grade and still wasn't sure what that was <laughs> going to be. <laughs> or, you know, or I met her in fifth grade, as a matter of fact. But like, you know, all that stuff, it's so bizarre to run through that and see where we were at in our lives and thinking that I had, you know, I don't know about you, but I thought I had like everything I figured gotcha. out and Me it was too. all kind of on the slow rise to the top.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's so 2012. I had at that point. So I had been doing Cosmo Radio for about six years at that point because oh, wow. we launched in, in March of 2006, and I remember it was very like, um, you know, radio. Basically, they have captive audiences of like teenagers, you know, preteens, tweens, what have you. And then um, men just bam, straight through. And then it was like, and women fall off between the ages of 18 and 34. Where do they go? How do we capture that audience? And so I remember Cosmo radio on Sirius XM was like, you know groundbreaking and it was like whatever. Well, all the women we shall find them and so we <laughs> did and little did we know we were setting up the entire podcasting
1: industry unbelievable <laughs> Just but you just de- <laughs> you just delivered it to a bunch of pirates. <laughs>
0: like, literally, but yeah, it was 2006, and like I remember after the first couple of years, it was like we found the demographic, the missing demographic, mm-hmm. and then uh, immediately lost them the second podcasting came around. But that was okay because Sirius chose to fire me. You know that, right?
1: Oh yeah, I do know that, and I also Lovely. know that like <laughs> that Sirius bundled the, they 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 like screwed up the whole thing, right? Because so yeah. while you guys definitely figured. Something out and found that lane of like podcasting. Then Sirius was like niche market, perfect. We're gonna hire somebody that was famous 15 years ago yep. that nobody could give a shit about that can't speak coherently into a microphone, and we'll have them host that show instead. <laughs> and of course, nobody listens. The only but you know, there's two shows on that entire uh, on that entire lineup that anybody yep. tunes into. Yeah, and it's just like it's it's a frustrating thing, but. It's great because you landed on your feet and you're doing this, you know, this by yourself, knowing that, you know, you have the chops, you have the ability. And I'm also, you know,
0: well, I have to ask you because I think you and I you and I met when there was like when big media was it it Mm -hmm. they were the gatekeepers and you needed you know the man upstairs to give you his stamp of approval to get through that door so i had a i had a moment in time where i was like i can either fight this right and be like no like the gen x way is way to go or i can embrace millennials and be like teach me youngings how i must thrive and proceed and i feel like you're the same
1: that's the that's the move well because boomers are literally you know and they're before millennials i suppose or at least have had the stranglehold on the economy Right. the most selfish, self-indulgent group of human beings of all time. They basically handed us a fern plant that was completely brown wilted and that was, you know, society and the economy and we had to stick it by the window and figure out how to nurse this thing back to health. It's like, you know, there's no way society could sustain itself on everything needs to be in my mouth, in my bank account at all times. So we had to literally create almost a secondary economy and way of living just to survive and meanwhile we're getting saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars in in uh, college debt in credit card debt all this stuff that none of our parents had because they were able to buy a house with 11 dollars in their bank account you know and and a, and, a sh- and a job at the shoe factory and it's like all of us are making six figures and it's like it's, it's I can't I can't get a house I can't I can't find a place to live I'm getting sucked dry here it's crazy it's insane but
0: i have to ask you like you know Do you like where we were? Like, do you long for the days of when big media was in control? Or do you think we as talent are so fucking much better off because (laughs) you and I did get the stamp of approval in a couple areas, you know, at a couple
1: areas? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely there's like pros and cons to each thing. It's nice when you get the stamp of approval. And I understand why people are a fan of that, especially when they've been rewarded for living that life. Yes. But also I, I got that early and then I didn't, and then I was basically told to go fuck myself by by the industry, and I had to then develop, you know comedy. I'm so glad that I'm a comedian because if I didn't have that as an outlet or a skill set to kind of fall back on and concentrate on, and if I was just an actor that's sitting here waiting for an audition, you know, and and the the possibility of a job on the horizon, but just waiting and not creating anything on my own, I would lose my mind. So it forced me to kind of develop skills where now not only am I a stand-up comedian, podcaster, I do radio, I'm an actor, but I also subtitle videos, I'm post-production, I'm a PR agent like you know I'm a social media person it's like all of these different things I now know and it's so fun to be able to tell people that had that high standing in the business to like eat shit because what? because a lot of the business wants to behave and act as though that is still intact. So we can give you the stamp of approval. We can get you the jobs. It all depends on us. So just sit tight. Be sure to, you know, rely on us as much as humanly possible. It's like an abusive boyfriend, but there is no greater feeling in the entire world than having all of it under your own control and being like, Eat shit, person.
0: When I saw Sirius being like, we're getting into podcasting, I was like, suck my labia. (laughs)
1: Fuck you. (laughs) I hope SML is a t-shirt you're working on because that is... That is awesome. i got to work on the merch. Merch is a motherfucker. Oh, yeah.
0: But, oh, my God. I was talking to somebody recently, and they were like, so you've got to get merch. And I was like, okay. And she was like, now, yes, of course you'll lose money on it. And I was like, then why are we doing
1: it? <laughs> because the people that do buy it feel more connected to the product, and then they'll probably pass it along, maybe. Or, you know, you could ship an entire box to some poor country in Africa and have them wear it like the last Super Bowl losers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah it is uh we are in interesting times but we we were babies when we met and uh yeah. i literally blast in the past Speaking of Super Bowl, Mike, obviously, like we follow each other on social media because we've known each other for a million years. But and also we cross paths a lot at Sirius because while I was at Mm -hmm. Sirius, you were doing a lot of work. What shows were you on when I was there? Was it was I think it was Opie and Anthony when I
1: I did right. First, it was Opie and Anthony after show. So I've gotten into that entire world just through Sam Roberts, who that's that's our mutual friend. We love Sam. I, I love Sam. He's he's truly and I really mean this, he's kind of single handedly responsible. For bringing me into that world And having me be like a consistent Part of Sirius because I got to do His after show from that I met you know Anthony or Opie and Anthony I've done their individual respective shows I did Opie and Jim when that Was a thing then I did Opie's afternoon Show then I did Jim and Sam I did Sam's like late night weirdo Show that a bunch of truck drivers would like DM (laughs) me nudes (laughs) of them Like doing crystal meth off Of a hot chessboard. it was so weird (gasps) What? Oh yeah, that's a dude, that is a real thing. This guy who's no longer with us, RIP. Oh, I'm not RIP. gonna say his name, but he was okay. a he was a good guy. He was a truck driver, but I remember he like, you know, I talk pretty openly about smoking pot. Yeah. And sometime yeah. other and about, you know, I've 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 done cocaine in my past and I've kind of <laughs> joked about it and stuff. But certain people take that as like a green light. Like, yeah, he's a degenerate. I'm a degenerate. I'll show him my degeneracy. And so this guy put a torch to a glass tube that had like a rubber extension to it. And he, and then he like lined out crystal meth and put the torch to the thing and then took a hit of the meth through his mouth, the hot tube, and then took it down, looked into the camera of his phone and was like, blew out a plume of meth and was like, right. Right. And I was like, no, dude. No. Hey, no. guess
0: what? Fucking around with Gogenya in your fucking degenerate 20-year-old years and doing meth are night and day, okay? I want to be clear on this. They're not even kissing cousins. They it's- might seem like it, but they're not. <laughs> Math is, I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm way less judgmental than I used to be. Math is uh, shameful. Mm-hmm, it really mm-hmm. is.
1: Dude, not only that, but like a week after that, he was like, man, I'm going through it. My wife wants a divorce. And I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see why. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah, I get it, dude. Like maybe oh, just go to rehab or I something. I miss
0: my radio listeners so much. <laughs> they're,
1: they're such an interesting sect of people, you know, they it's really like- are it's like it's like if carnival workers made a living wage (laughs) (laughs) so
0: here's here's the deal and I will say this this you know mystery demographic of women that we found I now know why they weren't in radio and we brought them back in because that's radio right there and usually women between 18 and 34 like I don't know getting an education looking for a man having children (laughs) being a role model and so I feel like that's why they went away me being such a degenerate brought them back into the fold. you welcome, everybody, for ruining everything. But no, it's funny because there was always, like, I remember at Sirius, it was very like, oh, that girl station. Like, the only right. female programming across the board, right? That girl station. And I remember, like, comparing notes with, let's say, Sam Roberts, for example. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, Your audience is so, like, like lovely and smells good and intelligent and funny. And, like, they have a disposable income. Like, what (laughs) is that like? (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of, I mean, male programmed radio, it's just, it's a special breed of audience. I mean, and listen. And,
1: like, moderately evil.
0: Like, I was going to say, listen, my girls can be brutal, but... Mm. They've got their shit together. They've only smoked a little yeah. bit of meth.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a dab.
0: And they don't keep it like <laughs> on the down low. But like that is so. It really is so radio because anytime I did any like crossover stuff with um, Opie and Anthony or Sam, mm. oh my! I mean, even like the guests that they brought. In, I remember one year we had a Christmas party, right, like on air, yeah. and it was like we're having a Christmas party. Bring your cookies and some champagne or prosecco, like whatever. Very like you know PG. And we invited everyone at Sirius, feel free to come open door policy. Opie, Anthony, the whole crew completely crashed the party. Like, girls just want (laughs) to have fun. Like, sweet 16 at the, like, country club edition with all, like, the people with, like, the spiked hairs. Oh, my God. They brought in Uh Twato. Do you
1: remember (laughs) Twato? Twato's
0: a woman who has, um, it's a herpes? I don't know. I believe.
1: And it's, it's on,
0: it's on it's her. It's a growth
1: of some sort. It's a
0: growth on her <laughs> clitoris. Yeah. <laughs> and they literally had her come over next to me. This is when I was like rich, straight, and was like, if you stand next to me with herpes, I will catch it. I was <laughs> climbing out of my body, and they were like, Sam was like, no, 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 pull your pants down, show her Twato. And I was like, please don't show me Twato. <laughs> don't bring Twato out to the open air. <laughs> Twato was COVID, basically, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. And then they brought in like Princess Diana, who was like a drunk. Listener. Oh, that
1: poor woman. Yeah. I think
0: also, rest in peace, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I
1: think she's no longer with us as but of last my year. my
0: goodness, you know? And of course, it, I mean, I feel like anyone who knows Howard Stern, you know, like the Motley Crew with which he ran. But it really right. is like, do you feel that same <laughs> degenerate energy in the podcasting audience?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so... It, Yes. Well, and because like of the level where I'm at, where I'm I'm doing well, but like I'm not on like a crazy grand scale, like I haven't had the big blow up, like getting 250,000 downloads per episode, all that stuff, which weirdly enough, it's so funny that serious like. Found that demographic and then let it go because young white women are the most supple market of all time. I mean, my friends, uh, the Ashley Heseltine and Raina, and yes. they have uh, Girls Got to Eat. They yep. have all these different shows, You Up, you know, the Betches, all that stuff. It's you like got it. that demographic and market was primed for them to actually make money off of, and they just pissed it completely away. For me, all of my stuff is like kind of tangentially spun off of that market so like the opie and anthony crowd while i'm not like 100 in their venn diagram they definitely a fair amount of them come over and they're now my fans but a lot of them because they know me on such a personal level like they're so evil and for whatever reason i continue to give them the tools to hurt me <laughs> like i'm so honest and authentic on 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 the radio because i think that's the most compelling way you could be but instead i'm just handing the knives to my murderer
0: how do you how do you compartmentalize and deal with the truly evil yeah. <laughs> aspect of our job i'll say like they're the they're the not silent minority the silent majority of my audience they're cool they're wonderful yes. they're awesome some of them even make some noise from time to time in a good way but hot diggity dog the (laughs) ones who hate me i'm like why are you here still like it really is fascinating like the and the opposite of love guys is indifference okay so if Mm. you hate me you kind of love me you you kind of love yeah obsessed with me (laughs) but it really is like like how do you cope with it because it especially like in this pandemic working from home and while there's so much great i can talk about that the mental health aspect. It's oh, too yeah. easy. It's too easy to get sucked into the like I've I had to take a mental health day during this because I got so just Overwhelmed. It was just too totally.
1: much. Totally, yeah. I mean, I can definitely spiral with the best of them. So that uh, it depends what day you're talking to me with how I cope with it. Sometimes I completely. Sometimes I like completely immerse myself in the hate as if I'm like, you know, taking a bath and everything. I think everyone thinks about me at all times. I was just being confirmed, and this loop is playing, and I have the lowest self esteem on earth. And then I'm like, wait, I have a kid, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. But that. To be honest, having a child and being, like, really active and being a proactive father and being, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not the dopey dad who's like, oh, my wife's got it and I'm over here and I'll smoke a cigar and bullshit. I'm, like, 100% invested and involved. So that takes up the majority of my consciousness and, you know, activity. So... I'll, I'll, if I, if I get caught up, I like just frisbee my phone into the backyard or wherever. I'm like, I just can't look at this and I'll just worry about this person who looks at me like I'm a hero and has unconditional love for me.
0: Oh my God. Hey, speaking of kids. So like, first of all, what do you think about me being a lesbian?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I knew, so I knew you when, when this first became a thing. When you first, when the two tailors got together and yes. I knew you when you were, when you were straight and married and uh, Soho house Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> So accurate. I died. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's great. I think Thank it's great. You. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it let seems let me like you're really question. happy.
0: Are you surprised? I guess that's more my question. You know, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, I knew it. And I'm like, you <laughs> did? Cause I did not for 34 years, you know? Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, your your voice gave it away, but besides <laughs> that. <laughs>
0: Someone just told me I had basketball coach energy, and I'm like, is that a compliment?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got that Doc Rivers post-game voice where you're like, yeah, you know, we did good, but I just feel like we could have left more on the floor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so now now that I am lesbian, yes. um about to get married this summer. Nice. Thank you. We like the second I wife this one up, she's mm. gonna be like, kids, 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 kids. So I'm just get I'm I'm we just had couple therapy today. And Mm -hmm. she was like, you know, like we have like our list of things, you know, which is kind of funny because when you have couples therapy every two weeks, sometimes you're like in a great place, but you have to bring up shit from two weeks ago to like, you know, work through it. But she was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. We haven't fought. She was like, so I guess I want to tackle like the big future stuff, you know, so like, like for me, it's like, you know, combining finances. Mm. I'm freaked out, Um, but we'll get there. But like, then it's definitely kids, and for a long time, like she's been really worried about me really wanting kids. You know, and Mm -hmm. I always say this: it's like I love Taylor Donahue more than I love not having children. But what do you get from that statement? You get
1: (laughs) that gets I'm willing to give up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that what happens?
1: Yeah, kind of. (laughs) I, I mean, you're right. You're right in the sense that. The only person, so I, probably when I talked to you for the first time, I made it clear that I was anti-marriage, even though that I was with my wife forever, you know, and I knew that I was going to be with her forever.
0: I thought you guys were just like, yeah, you were going to like, uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell it, right? You're Just going to be like forever non-married. We choose to be together every single day, kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was good. That was kind of how... I still view life like to be honest like I'm 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 just with her forever that's it's been my same commitment for a really long time but she wanted to get married and she needed that commitment which I understand and the only person that I would do that for is her Do you know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like I'm all of a sudden like Johnny husband where I'm like, I fucking love marriage. It's a perfect institution and I would recommend it to each and every one of you here today. It's like, no, if you find a person that you're willing to break your, you know, moral code for or whatever Uh, you've established, it's like then maybe that's the person you're supposed to spend it with. And it's like if it doesn't work, I'll just never do it again.
0: This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Public Goods. If you don't know, get ready to be introduced to the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. They've got everything. Coffee, toilet paper, shampoo, cleaning solution, pet foods, food, you name it, they've got it. Public Goods is your new everything store thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Okay, so rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, public goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. I'm telling you, I love the look of it. It makes me feel like I'm staying at like a fancy hotel or that like I'm living in an apartment that should be like absolutely photographed by a home decor magazine. But I'm telling you, it's like this minimalist, earthy, um, monochromatic vibe and I love it. And not only does it look good, but it's so good for you. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. And right now, I am literally about to make love to these chocolate almonds. But the thing is, usually I feel like guilty about sweet stuff, but not with Public Goods because I know that they're using the best stuff for me. Public Goods ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives still common on tons of drug and grocery store shelves. They're literally committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans, animals, and the environment. So I can eat these chocolate almonds until kingdom comes. Here's the deal. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from, it's important, okay? Small changes in the way that we shop can make a big impact on our personal health and the world at large. And the best thing is that Public Goods is using a membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to us, the customers. And best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation. I'm telling you, we worked out an awesome deal just for Taste of Taylor listeners. Receive $15, $15 off your first Public Goods order with no minimum purchase. They're so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they're going to give you $15 to spend on your first purchase. No questions. Plus, right now, receive your choice of either a free pack of bamboo straws, I love them, or reusable food storage wraps with your order you literally have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Taylor or use code Taylor at checkout. Again, that's public publicgoods, dot com forward slash Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R to receive $15 off your first order. You are going to be thanking me, but ultimately we should all be thanking public goods. Now back to the podcast. <laughs> well, here's the question because I'm always so fascinated by this. What is so scary? Like, I know what's scary about kids, right? Mm. They're expensive as fuck, you and sure also, are. like, you have to, like, become unselfish to raise them properly. So, yeah, but
1: that happens naturally. Really? Yeah, it really does. Okay. Because, I mean, you still have a bit of your narcissism, and, it, and, you know, I still fight with it every day. We're in a narcissistic business, so there's, yes. no, there's no, you know, you're not... The, the, Caring about yourself is not scarce. It's going to continue to pop up. So you certainly have that. Ooh, thank you God still, I worry
0: I I'd lose that lovable, <laughs> you know, part of my personality.
1: Exactly. But, but- the person. But when you have somebody that you literally have to keep alive, and your heart expands upon meeting them, oh. it's like this new motivation and dedication to somebody. Like and and to my wife, like it's brought us to another level where I'm like watching her. Be pregnant, go through the child birthing process. I'm like, oh, I love you like more than I thought I loved you to the maximum of my ability before. And now just seeing what you what you went through to have a baby and then also what you're like as a mother, I I love you more than I thought was possible.
0: That makes me feel so much better because I literally verbalize this all the time with Taylor. So I always say, you know, I feel like when we have a kid, I'm gonna get left out. <laughs> Mm. and it's going to be you and the baby versus me. And let's not forget this part either, which is a real mind fuck. Now I can freeze my eggs and we can have one of mine and one of hers, but like this baby is not going to necessarily be both of us. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, we'll probably realistically have one of hers, one of mine, and both of them will be related through the um, anonymous sperm donor, like literally. But I do, I get this, this fear that it, like, it won't make our love grow. It will actually eat away at our love. I you see. know? Were yeah. you scared about that at all? Like, bring me, first of all, let's go back to you being like, okay, I'm going to do this thing that's so scary to me and I'm going to get married. Like, how did you mm. get there? And for lack of a better phrase, how did your wife whittle you down to do
1: the thing <laughs> yeah. that did you she didn't want to do? <laughs> <laughs> she, she eroded my code of ethics. Um, <laughs> I I think it was just like, I grew up a little bit since sexy versus skanky, obviously like, you know, I'm still the same ass. I make the same type of jokes, but in terms of interpersonal relationships and how I view, you know, commitment and that stuff, I've, I've completely evolved over time. And so we would have, I went to therapy individually. My wife went to therapy individually. We had probably less than a handful of joint sessions as well, but um, that stuff getting to know, why, where my anger came from, where my, where my resentment, frustration, where, you know, I thought marriage equaled my parents and 25 years down the line, we'd be completely different people. And I, you know, me being a comedian and my father being an actor and my father actually, you know, vocally blaming us for why he didn't succeed as an actor, like that freaked me out because I'm doing this hard thing in comedy. And if we have a kid or if we get married, what happens if I don't do well? And then I, I like resent the kid. I resent you. So all of that stuff is, it has, had been floating around in my head, but you know, going to therapy and actually finding the root of the issues and where those things come from and the insecurity that set me on a path where I could at least like be confident in certain decisions, including marriage, you know? So
0: when you did get married, were you like, all in 90% in 50%. Like, was there any worry that like then just dissipated over time or like, no, you did it. You were doing it.
1: Yeah, I was doing it. You know, I, I mean, we, we'd known each other. What was I? 31. It was 2016. Yeah. I was like, I was like 31 when we got married. Um, and I was in like, you know, at that point, it was just I was a full time comic for a couple years. At that point, I was touring. Things were going OK. You know, I, I knew uh, my wife, her business was was getting off the ground and she was doing really well. And I was really proud of the fact that we've both built our own careers, you know, and that's that's something for that's also why I was pumped about having a kid. It's like, you know, I grew up in a house where my dad used to act. He didn't anymore. So right. that dream's gone. My right. mom didn't work she took care of us. She was incredible, but there was always resentment floating around. That was probably more about them looking at themselves and not about us. Totally. But that, that vibe and tension always fucked me up. But the fact that my wife and I have like kind of, you know, taken initiative and, and, and gone after the things that we wanted to do and accomplish made me like Oh, okay, we're different. Like you know, we're we're kind of we're we're framing this entire experience in a different way.
0: Yeah, you're carving out your own path, you know? It's yeah. like the thing is it's interesting because like God bless parents, but no matter what they do, they fuck us up somehow, right? They oh, yeah. they can't I'm, help it.
1: I'm fucking my kid up probably just by doing this podcast. hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> yeah. percent. But
0: that's the thing is that, you know, I feel like You either repeat the cycle of your parents, Mm -hmm. you know, failures or you identify them, usually in therapy, and then you can break the cycle. But you have to like actively break the cycle. Mm -hmm. So, but hey, I have another question and I can't believe I don't know this. You and Jess... Is it Jess Nicole. Or, oh, Nicole? Nicole, sorry, Jess sorry. is my sister. Jess, weirdly and enough, and Jess is who
1: I also have Sam's, sex wife. With. No, Jess, Jess, Sam's <laughs>
0: wife. You and Sam okay. don't share the same wife. Okay, um, no. you and Nicole, <laughs> you and Nicole have been together since you were how old? Uh,
1: I mean, on and off. We literally started in huge quotes dating when we were ten years old. We were next door neighbors growing up, like best buds. Played basketball, uh, basketball together. Di-
0: not basketball diaries for love of basketball. And basketball. Oh.
1: I know. Dead. I know.
0: Um, yep. I was, well, I was going to say, what is it like to marry somebody that you've been in a constant relationship with? But you've had like, how about this? So you were off and on, but did you ever have like a serious relationship with anyone yeah. else? Oh, yeah, you did.
1: Yeah, same Same as her. I mean, I wouldn't, I've only had one other serious relationship and we dated for like three, three and a half years, also off and on, which in our off times, Nicole and I would kind of come back to each other and like hook yeah. up and then go on our separate path. <clears throat> but. I just that relationship was also extremely toxic and a lot my fault. We were young and 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 whatever, but I I acted out, you know, in terms of like how I spoke and and communicative and being like you know just angry and fighting and the way I fought back then makes me feel terrible now because it was like you know it's it's that young shit where you're just knee knee jerk reaction. You're trying to say the most hurtful shit you can in the moment instead of actually solving the issue because you just take it as a person. Personal attack, and so that relationship actually helped me with first seeking therapy because I knew that you know I I couldn't sustain that type of I I didn't want to sustain right. that that level of anger, and uh, I mean I'm still an angry guy, but that you know, that was certainly spiked. But <laughs> it's like. And also what I wanted out of a partner. I didn't want the two of us to feed off of the toxicity and, and kind of do this tornado of a, you know, you said this and then I said this and you did that and you did that. And it's almost like a game show where we were trying to beat each other at who could be more terrible.
0: Exactly. It, that that There's two kinds of ways relationships go. Either you're fighting against each other, which is like, what are we fucking doing? Or you're working mm-hmm. together to right. build a life together. Okay, so after we get married, we do the damn thing. We're good with it. When did when did baby come along? When did the conversations come about? Cause like that's where I am right now. Is like it's funny because I think I'm pretty femme despite my basketball coach energy, but I do feel like, m- I feel uh, um, linked to my masculine side more so now than ever. I actually mm. used to, I don't know if you could, I mean, you were an exception for me, as was Sam, but I really was a man hater. Like, straight okay. up and down. I really, and I don't know where it came from. I adore my father. He's a wonderful role model. My little brother is like my baby, but I had this thing about men that I was like, they're scum, they're shit. They will see your vagina. They will tell everybody looks like chopped beef. You can't try <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and
0: so I, you know, I definitely was very hard on guys. And now that I'm in this relationship, I kind of feel like I play the more masculine, traditional role, right? Sure. Like breadwinner. I guess that's really where it starts and it begins or mm-hmm. where it, it starts and it ends. But I feel like. I feel like for the first time ever, I understand straight men so much. And I just want to say to you, I'm sorry.
1: It's not easy. It really isn't. It's, it's not. And nor is being a woman. I, th- I think one thing everybody yes. could glom from each other is that every single human is having a rough time on this rock hurtling through an infinite abyss. <laughs>
0: True that. But I will say that it's funny because now, like, I find myself gravitating toward men to be my role models if you will uh-huh. you know so like yeah. tays and i my my tay her sister is the exact same age as me. I fucking love her. I consider her one of my best friends. I consider her a sister, like a Mm -hmm. best friend sister. She's so fun and so great. But her husband, I really like connect to, like he's like my mentor. You know, like I'm like, hey Ben, when did you hit blankety blank blank? Because he's a bit older than me. And Mm. so it's nice that I'm like, okay, he's like helping me with my milestones, you know, like in my career and in life. And so I'm going to now force you to be a mentor, a baby mentor, if you will, my guru. So walk me through the baby process. Because my... I'm freaked the fuck out. Like I really yeah. am. And like when Taylor I and mean, ther- therapy today was like, she's really turned a corner. I'm like, who are you hanging out?
1: with? <laughs> <laughs> well, and not to affirm your fear, but you should be freaked out because it, it is like, it's a major life change, but it's the best. It's like, you're tired for all the best reasons. You're overworked for all the best reasons. You're stressed out for all the best reasons, more so than you would be without this kid. And you're still probably experiencing the same level of all of that, Without, you know what I mean? Yes. For us, for us, it was just kind of a conversation that we were like. I mean, we took no precautions, so I was pulling and praying for like you know six years <laughs> at that point, and and I smoked such a fair amount of pot that I just assumed my penis was coughing inside of my wife. Like I didn't think there was any life to be shot in her. <laughs> You're
0: like I'm good. That's my yeah. insurance policy.
1: Yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm just I'll smoke three bloods today, and then then we'll have sex. We'll figure it out. So. <laughs> What I didn't know, and and we had, you know, passive conversations. If it happens, it happens, great. If not, you know, no sweat, who cares? What I didn't know is I think we took a trip to, like, to loom and we took a couple vacations and you know a couple like you know, almost like white girl like spiritual like i gotta get my chakras checked you know vacations and we would get these like sage so you know sage things where we'd have to set intentions and i'm like you know prosperous life for the two of us we're healthy all that stuff and my wife is like give me a baby give me a baby and i didn't know at all Wait, like she didn't tell these, me that it was these that
0: private internal thoughts. These weren't these like outward were, yeah. wishes. <laughs>
1: yeah. These weren't outward wishes at all. It was just kind of private internal. And I kind of gauged it by how many times she just was like, don't pull out. Like <laughs> Just, just, just go, man. Just go. <laughs> like <laughs> most of the time I was like, I don't trust that at all. She's like locking her legs around me. Like it's a <laughs> wrestling move. I'm like, maybe I don't, I don't know what's going on, but, uh, then uh, so what happened was we just the conversation happened again if it happens it happens all that stuff then I was going to the Middle East to perform for for the troops and
0: yeah
1: it was awesome it was awesome and I'm I'm really excited to eventually do it again because it was probably one of the most meaningful uh, trips and learning experiences and just general life experience that I've ever had in my entire life I mean I stood there staring out into like Kuwait being like, I can't believe talking about my dick got me here. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it got me here. So, but uh, before that, before we left, I'm like, you know, stealing valor all week, telling my wife what a hero I was for going over there. Totally. Like, you know, pretending that I was her, her good soldier being sent away on war. And as <laughs> a goof, Yeah, talk about your dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as a goof, You know, we had sex the night before and I just like came inside of her. And as I did, I was like, I'm deploying, like (laughs) joking, joking, but saying that. And then I go overseas. I, you you know, it's the best trip ever. I have this like just rocking my foundation type of uh, experience. I come back, I smoke pot. Um, She's not there. It's like a 24 hour trip home. I'm all like, you know, weirded out and crazy. I'm sitting there with my cat and I'm smoking. She gets back like an hour later and she's like, oh my God, it's great to see you. It's two weeks. We haven't seen each other. She's like, oh, I feel weird. I think I should take a pregnancy test. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I have one right here. And I was like, what? Like, what's going on? And so she just walked in the bathroom, pissed on the stick, and then instantly got in the shower. Which I should have been like, "Wait, what was that? Like, don't you want to wait for the results? Like, what the hell? Would you just piss on your ankle? Like, why are you? What just happened?" So, eight minutes later, she's like, "All right, come in. Can you can you check the test?" And I walk I walk in and like you know usually you see on the box it's like a red a red cross or a, like a faded pink one. Mine looked like it was carved with a knife. <laughs> Like, somebody took the point of a letter opener and just put a permanent plus right there. That's how pregnant she was. And I'm high. So I just remember looking at it being like, just make sure your face looks positive.
0: (laughs) I have a friend. So for when she got pregnant the first time around, and they were like on this like you guys on the same page like yeah we're gonna do this like the difference is in my scenario like we have to literally go to doctors get the sperm picked up yes. have things. it's very intentional whereas what the straighties you guys just get each other pregnant left right and all over the place yeah so, so i feel like it's like it can kind of be like yeah, yeah yeah we'll do this and then when it happens you're like wait what so my friend's husband did that and she said he literally didn't talk to her <laughs> for a month <laughs> He was living, (laughs) and she was like, "Hey, motherfucker, how do you think we got here?" Like he was literally like, "How did it happen?" And she's like, "You came inside
1: of me." (laughs) Who did this to you?
0: (laughs) He was pissed, pissed. So at least you were, even despite being high, at least you were trying to project positivity. That's right. <laughs>
1: well, trying to protect, project positivity, but also I'm like, oh, we're. I was like excited. Like instantly I was like, I, I'm ner- I'm so scared. What? Like what's going on? And I'm like, oh my God, we're pregnant. And my wife's like, what? I'm like, is my face crazy? Like I literally looked in the mirror. I was like, what's going on with my face? Do I look awful? And, she, and I'm like, oh, we're pregnant. And she's like, you're not worried or mad or sad? And I'm like. <sighs> I'm like, are you kidding? Like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. And she's like, good, because I took four pregnancy tests like five (laughs) days ago and they were all positive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of women probably know that they're pregnant well before the time that their partner knows. And for those very reasons, you know, it's like, and it's so sweet that you weren't, but I bet there are a lot of guys, partners, whatever, the less maternal one, if you will, like yes. stereotypically speaking, who are mad and mm-hmm. sad and scared.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I was definitely scared. Right. Like being, being afraid is reasonable. But, right. like, I, I remember, and I'm sure you're going to have, like, a, a really similar experience. I'm not sure which one are carrying first. Not but this I, is like, said the
0: fly. Ah.
1: <laughs> you're going to let ahead. her give the, <laughs> take the first trip. <laughs> John. You, send the, you send the monkey into space first just to make sure it's safe? No, no,
0: no. She'll carry hers and mine. Literally, oh, yeah. we had this idea where she was like, we should swap. I carry you. Actually, that was my idea. I was like, we should swap. I'll carry yours. You carry mine. And she was like, no offense, but I don't want mine in your body. And that no, I know, says a lot I know about what's me. Filtered through there. Literally, she's like, "You really lived, so I'd rather keep <laughs> mine here. And if you want me to house yours too,
1: that's cool that's with great. me." Well, yeah. <laughs> but it is like, it is a visceral switch, or at least it was for me. Like, as soon as I found that out. My life was different. Like, and I, we, we ended up, I think two weeks later, we had a trip to New Orleans planned, right. With, with my family and a couple of friends and we, you know, all this stuff. So I actually was like, Hey, in solidarity, I'm not going to drink with you. Like Aww. right away. I said that, I said that to my wife and she was like, that's great, but we're going to New Orleans. You should have fun. And I was like, I will. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I was like, but after that, I was like, after that, I won't drink. The whole She's like Yeah. Day? Yeah, she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. So I've taken, I mean, you knew me, yes. Sexy versus Skanky. We yes. would pound down like eight beers during a nine-minute segment. Yes. It was awesome. Yes. But I, so I I love drinking. It's so fun. But I, after the New Orleans trip, I went for the whole pregnancy, and then I stopped, and then once my son was born, I just kept going. So I'm not, I, I haven't drank in over two years. No And it's shit. just because, yeah, I like being thin and have a jawline, but also like, I like, being that present. Like I was, I was an A plus 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 husband during my wife's pregnancy. I'm still proud of the almost like Michael Jordan flu game performance I gave, you know, (laughs) during my wife's pregnancy. And then, I mean, since I've also been a really great dad and I'm so happy and proud and impressed with my own performance that I couldn't in good conscience. Just go back to it yet where I'm like, you know, maybe eventually, I don't know if I'll never drink again, but right now I'm really happy with where I'm at. So there's no reason to like reintroduce alcohol back into my life.
0: Way to really... Fuck it up for the rest of us, Mike.
1: (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I was also like falling asleep at bars of comedy clubs. So it's (laughs) probably a good thing that I I took a fucking break.
0: (laughs) Can I ask another question? Are you done with Mm -hmm. no more weed or weed still in the mix? Oh, no,
1: I'm I'm smoking pot daily.
0: God damn it. I wish I could smoke weed. I really, for real, I would gladly trade in a doobie for like a (laughs) bottle of wine. But yo, I I get so weird. I get so weird.
1: No, I know. I'm not one of those guys. Like, I I love weed and it's comp- it's definitely changed my life for the better. It kind of took me away from being a judgmental Irish Catholic upbringing kid yes. to being a more empathetic, more understanding, far more flexible and elastic <laughs> of a human being. And, you know, that's why it's worked for me. But I'm not one of those people who's like, you just gotta do it, dude. It's like some people see See the devil when they do. It doesn't, it doesn't work for everyone.
0: Literally. I'll also eat all the plates in the house. Like that's how hungry I get.
1: (laughs) You're like cookie monster. You're just eating plates.
0: It's actually, precisely. It's so cookie monster. Oh, he was high. I just put that together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody's known what these people have been pitching children for years. Oh, man.
0: No, Mike, you really, you're making me feel like I could do this shit. Like, I'm like, if my canon from Sexy versus yes. Skanky can do this, yep. maybe there's hope for thyself.
1: Oh, there's, a, you're going to be fantastic. At oh, it. because you're 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 detail oriented you care you're fun like being fun especially in the young younger part of a of a kid's life right. it's like everything i mean you know it's funny that you say you're worried that like it'll be the baby and and taylor and yeah. that's it yeah it's kind of been that with me and the baby oh, shut up like he he, I'm saying it quietly because they're like on the other side of the wall but he, he loves me so much and is so obsessed and just like I'm his comfort blanket. Like I'm and it's because I'm so silly and like really, you know, I'm really loving and affectionate and I I just like but I'm just this big giant clown that that is around all the time and he he loves it. He loves laughing more than anything in the world and it's completely like it's connected us from the moment he was born.
0: So what you're telling me is maybe it will be me and baby ganging up on Taylor Donahue and yes. that I'm here for cuz she's always in the Crowd. I'm always on the periphery and I would yep. love to serve up some karma to that bitch. Ha yes. we're against <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> you. You have no understanding. I've been outnumbered by women my entire life. I grew up with two sisters and a mother. I, you know, I've, I've just had women surrounding me my whole life. Nicole's entire family are, are females, right? All of them. Yes. And then I finally have a son and I have this best friend and it's oh. me and my dude against uh, against my wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to have somebody to help me fight this bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs>
1: it's so good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Mike, I am so happy we caught up officially. When was the last time we talked?
1: At Maybe Sirius? on at Sirius, I think. Yeah, Damn. for sure. Damn. It's been such a long time. I, I'm, I'm, this is so great. I'm so glad uh, we got to do this.
0: Me too. Well, it's all thanks to Instagram and you posting uh, a throwback <laughs> to the Super Bowl sexy versus skanky that we did. Have, That's what? right. Seven, eight years ago.
1: Seven, eight years ago. In the great content wars of 2021, I had to post something. So. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Mike, congratulations. you like really inspira- inspirational for real. I'm like. Oh,
1: that, that means a lot. Thank you.
0: I feel like I maybe can do this.
1: <laughs> I, I know you can. I'm excited for you, and I'm 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 genuinely pumped to hear all the updates because I want to I want to know how this goes.
0: Well, at the end of the day, your girl needs content. Always got to keep it interesting. Yes. Got to keep on up yeah. be myself. So the kid is, you know, it's inevitable regardless.
1: Well, that's right. I'm about to be the biggest daddy vlogger on earth. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you guys, uh, make sure to check Mike out. Uh, you've got two podcasts. One is called Irish Goodbye Podcast. Yep, Love that yeah. story. Of my
1: Storytelling life. pod. We talk about you know drunken chicanery, comedy, fights, all that stuff. And then uh, the other one, here's the scenario, is like a kind of a. A structured hypothetical base pod where we do like what if scenarios, morality stuff, like super fun. Where you you know remember the stuff where you used to do with your friends like every Sunday when you'd wake up hungover in college, yeah, and you guys would just be like, so who'd you rather bang this person or this person or whatever? Yeah, it's like that kind of like just escapist, super fun, none of the, you know, we don't have to touch any of the problems that are going on in society. That's which are what we need. Mounting.
0: That is what we need right now. And then also you have a comedy special.
1: Life Begins.
0: Life Begins.
1: I'm yes. happy you said that
0: because I wrote down Life begin."
1: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> which crazy so crazy enough. I recorded and filmed it when my son was three months old. So, I mean, going through the newborn phase and workshopping a special and also I have a bunch of uh, I have a bunch of special guests. So I have Jim Norton, Colin Quinn, Rich Voss, Bobby Kelly and Keith Robinson doing interstitial stuff for my special. So I had to organize this whole thing, film the special, be on the road, workshop the material. And my kid is three months old, which was like dizzying and insane. I can't believe I got to do it. And then the bit. What it's named after is that I don't think life actually be- begins until the kid is six months old. <laughs> <laughs> but, totally yeah. fair. 'Cause you know, people are like, Life begins at conception or life begins at birth, or life begins when the woman decides to keep it. Like, you know, whatever <laughs> whatever people tend to argue. I was like, I actually don't think it's until six months when he can finally hold his own fucking head up. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't even and then be the special drop
0: until it can hold its own head up. Thank yeah, you exactly.
1: Much. <laughs> Why would you? They're useless. And it came out on his six month uh, birthday.
0: Stop it. So people yeah. can go check that out on YouTube
1: youtube mike cannon comedy on youtube life begins and uh yeah check it out
0: amazing and also of course on social media instagram at i am mike cannon same for yep. twitter
1: same all across the board tiktok you name it oh I'm, are I'm, we
0: tiktoking
1: i'm TikToking. i'm bigger on tiktok than i am in anything else
0: shut up. I, yeah. the boat. I can't even figure out how to make a
1: video. I mean, I'm not one. dancing. Yeah, I'm just re. I'm just reposting all my Instagram. Oh, stuff. you're not
0: dancing? How weird!
1: I know. I will eventually <laughs> once I run out of clips. <laughs>
0: Mike, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining me, babe. Thank you. So good catching up. And uh, I feel like, yeah, we're going to have to have these sessions, whether we record them or not. I'm going to need 100%. a little bit of help through this. I'm um, I'm your newest dad friend. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You guys, that's it for us this week. Uh, make sure to rate, review and subscribe. And until next week. Bye, girl. Bye.